BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, Buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Lumos. friends, welcome back to Shell Cottage Radio. I'm your host, Ezra, a.k.a. Bill, 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 also known as Sir Ezra the Watchful, history of magic professor, the flannel wizard, obviously yours truly, me. Please welcome your lovely design witch, the fascination of fourth year, and my wonderful co-host, and yours, Lottie, a.k.a. Floor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Einer wunderschönen guten Tag. <laughs> Hello from the cottage. Uh, we are so happy you are here. Come on in and make yourselves at home in our beautiful little cottage on the outskirts of Tenworth. This is not what I sound like. This is episode number 54 of Shell Cottage Radio, and this week we will be talking about chapter 5 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, The Dementor. As always, we'll start with our cottage catch-up train you and ourselves for future trivia nights and do our best to learn more about magical and fantastical beasts down in the dungeons. <laughs> what is going on in the cottage? Well, a role reversal, you know what I mean? So sometimes, sometimes what you got to do, <laughs> sometimes oh my God. just you got to get a little, anyways. Hey, um, as um, SpongeBob would say, as is getting tired <laughs> Shout out to my friend Julia. What? Love you, Julia. What did SpongeBob just say? It's um, opposite day. Opposite day. Yeah. Okay, that makes so. sense. All right. Uh, no, friends. Hey, it, uh, happy summer uh, vacation for me and you, Mwah. and maybe some of you. And I feel like I shouldn't even say it, but I'm going to go ahead and say it because that's why we're kind of being weird and kind of being happy. Uh, we have our patron hangout later tonight, so you yes, actually sir. will hear this probably after we have had that. But uh, I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm ready to go. I have had two large wraps full of yummy 
vegetables and foods. Can we have we ever told folks what we actually put in our wraps and, and our tacos? And people are like, what, as why? Because it's life changing. That's really That's good. why. Yeah. If you have life changing information, I don't know why you wouldn't share that with your friends and <laughs> right. family. So, and there you go, guys. You're you're our friends, family, Potter family. That's boom. You guys. That's you guys. Okay. Yes. So, I mean, what do we put in those? We buy uh, some, I don't know, keto wraps. They're called keto wraps. Carb, hold on now. They're, they're lower in carbs. Let me change your life. I guess. Let, hold on. Let's go step by step because mm-hmm. uh, these are Mission. Okay. It's the Mission brand. And, and please message me if you guys are, you know, on, you know, if this is something that you acquire at Kroger if you're or wherever. On a mission. Uh, if you go to the store, it's Mission brand and it's called, they're called the Carb Balance, I don't know, tortilla yeah. wraps or whatever. Right. Yeah. So they they're are different kinds. Life sometimes changing. we buy the green ones. Sometimes just get that the extra fiber. Ones, you know? Get the fiber in your system. And then we put some guacamole is a must. Uh huh. Yes. And some lettuce, some cucumber, tomatoes, and green onions. Yep. 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 And then we make a vegetarian style of sausage. Sausage. Meat. Yeah. Yeah. I forget what kind that is exactly. Impossible? Darn it. Is it impossible? Yeah, it's like impossible something. I think, mm-hmm. which I've heard isn't that great. Uh, that what? there's problems with. Yeah. Oh, you mean like health-wise? Health, it ta- yeah. It tastes good. No, oh, it tastes great. It's just got a lot of oil in it, to be honest, but it, t- it tastes good, and from time to time, it, I don't know, I feel... From time to time, we, we like to indulge. Yep, some, so, some veggie-style meat. Now, the thing I think... And some cheese. Sprinkle uh, on top. Right. Voila. So this all, by the way, just so folks know, like we're doing a taco night one time uh, back in the day, and we all we had in the fridge were those things, mm-hmm. and I wanted to do tacos. Uh, we didn't have any seasoning either, Nothing. you know, and you were just like, let me make up some some guacamole. And hey, we have a cucumber. Would I mind throwing a cucumber? And how many people have had cucumbers on their like taco wrap thing? You know, I don't know. Yeah, I just felt like yeah, that would be and it's delicious. It gives you a little crunch, mm-hmm. actually. So yeah. it's great. But anyway, we're doing great. Hopefully, you guys are doing well uh, out there, sweetie. How you doing? How you feeling? <laughs> I uh, we walked. We walked. We went for a really long walk. Uh, earlier today, yeah. sunshine, blue sky, perfect day to start the summer. And I yep. looked at you and I was like, can you believe it? This is the first day of summer. I mean, actually, it would be Monday, but today is was your last day of work. Right, yeah. And now we don't have to go to school for another, what, more than 10 weeks? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and also, I mean, I'm still technically just so folks aren't getting super jelly or whatever. I mean, it was, you know, because I always feel bad as a teacher saying like, oh, we're off. I still have things to do. Oh yeah, me too. Because so, I have onboarding sorry. and all that stuff. Yep. Yeah, yeah. There's there's actually still meetings to attend, uh, so it's not really over. But you know what I'm saying. It's uh, so yeah. there we go. Olive branch. All right. Anyway. Also, we are going to Germany in about four weeks. Yes, we are. And I'm are. so excited to just see my family and friends again. And yeah. I mean, you you're gonna meet my brother for the first time. Really, it's gonna right, be right. so exciting. You know, when we started this podcast, you had just got here yes so you we had since, no clue yeah since this pod happen. yeah podcast has started the immigration process has been going on and uh yeah you're now here so like we're yeah. good to go and we can now actually finally travel back yeah to germany we can get my dad over there he's coming this summer it's gonna be great yeah honestly anyone who's ever had to go through immigration and that kind of stuff and and you know things you can't control right and so much paperwork you have to deal with and unknowns, you can't really plan. You pay a lot of money. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a hard time. It's not an easy time to go through. And yeah. I'm so glad that we did that together. Right from the same place. Yes, and we're blessed. Yeah, yeah. 
there is um that's just all there is to, and, and <clears> good <throat> luck i mean to everyone who is still going through that and was planning to go through that um it's yeah you know we we know how hard it is so and yeah. how happy you are once right, you get once the good news it. oh <laughs> my goodness so it all, it, it's all kind of happening here at the end of of my school year uh and it's just it's great right when we the trip to germany uh, school year's ending and yeah. then I wonder if Fleur ever had to go through immigration. Oh. You know? Oh, my. Does the Wizarding World have... Well, well yeah, we saw time, that in Fantastic Beasts. Hold on. At the that. time, they were... The EU was still... Brexit oh, hadn't happened yet. Okay, okay, okay. So... I guess so. She was good. Talk like, about yeah. some good timing. True. There. I want... <laughs> isn't that crazy? Some real world connection. Is... Yeah. Is, is Fleur Delacour like like uh, limited... I mean, again, they live in a different world. Right. Air quote. Uh, but you're like... <laughs> it's just kind of funny to think about what if, what if there is some sort of regulation in the wizarding world that would i mean probably we saw some yeah. some immigration issues with um fantastic beasts right when oh, yeah that's true first came over and then he was banned from the country well and actually though think about that during fantastic beast he, they were still going by the Boat. muggle nomad yeah. immigration yeah right yeah laws and stuff so what i wonder if it's different because as it's modernized i mean mm-hmm. and you can slip past modern day you know, immigration authority. They're not dealing, you know, Fleur yeah. wouldn't really be dealing with that like Probably he not, was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which was interesting. Isn't it interesting that he came in through like a muggle port like that? Yeah, and I think we've read about this that you can't really apparate from country to country. There's a thing yeah. that, you know, that the distance is too great to apparate. Yeah. I think. You yeah, can't just w- apparate all the way around over the world. The yeah. Atlantic. You kind of have yeah. to know where you're going, right? You have to have been that there. That too, yes. Yep. Yeah. True. Mm hmm. Anyway. 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 So uh, we're feeling we're feeling really good. We're <laughs> really f- excited. And also, I mean, that gives us the time to make some more content. That's yes. what we really look forward to is have some time to work on our own projects. Right, right, right. Let me just, I, for some folks are like, oh, I'm not really sure how good they're feeling right now. Remember when like her, <laughs> Hermione almost, when she's like scolding Ron, she's like, what if, what if Jenny saw you and me over here snogging, right? <laughs> and then th- oh th- three minutes later, uh, Hermione was feeling great, okay? She oh, was, her wow. little butter beer beard. Buzz. Yeah, oh my gosh, that was funny. That was good. It was good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love, yeah, that scene of the movie. I, I love that movie. I love Slughorn. I'll go ahead and say it. I'm yes. a Slughorn fan. You know, how is it that I am like, I don't know, maybe it's a problem with me. Maybe it's because I'm a Hufflepuff, but I just enjoy... Like those characters that don't that don't fit in that are kind of like weird yeah. they pop like Lockhart I've told you guys I'm a fan I'm a fan I've been defending him on my shorts I've been trying to yeah no one likes create, him so someone has to like him somebody's got to and and then Slughorn I feel like a lot of people do like Slughorn so I'm good there I'm in yeah. good company uh, in with the Slytherins so to speak <laughs> but yeah okay anything else I'm missing forgetting uh, updates what 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 I don't know yeah no we're I mean. I guess we already talked about it last time, but after we go to Germany, we are going back to Scotland. That's the second exciting Yes, we're going to record there. We're going to record oh, some stuff. 100%. We're, yes. We're going to record from Edinburgh, Scotland, show you some Potter sites, um, check out our Instagram, at Fleur and Bill. Uh, we'll definitely be posting some. Can I say? Like, yeah, we do. We do. No, there. we'll just keep updating it. Yeah, we'll just keep updating the little yes. highlight reel. Uh, but if you are someone who lives in Scotland, by the way, oh my god, um, yeah, hit us up. <laughs> say hey, because we're gonna be out, and it's just it's such a touristy place. Crazy thing, yeah. I have I have a coworker who like we're gonna be in Berlin at the same time that some of my students from the district <laughs> are doing a great conference 
in Berlin. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. So that's kind of wild. I will, you know, not hopefully not trying to avoid the students this summer, but if I see them, I'll say, hey. Uh, anyway, I just thought, yeah, if somebody's out there in Scotland and listens to the podcast, what a great place to be listening to a Harry Potter podcast. Right. Holy smokes. <laughs> no, yeah, we can't wait to, to share everything with you guys and, and kind of take you along on our summer yeah. summer journey this summer. By the way, I, I do say holy smokes a lot. I'm, I'm going to start switching to holy cricket. Yes, do it. You know, I don't know why. Hermione's just got holy me. Cricket. Holy cricket. <laughs> She's hilarious. Anyway, uh, what else? That's it, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're ready for some for, for a little history lesson, you're gonna question. Uh-huh. You're going to give me? Really? Mm-hmm. You think you can? You're the professor, the, the magic. The history. magic professor. <laughs> I'm the guy. I'm the, the uh, history of magic professor. Mm-hmm. So let's see uh, how how uh, well you know your subject. Let's do it. Okay, and that's the one and only question we have because this is Are a long me? chapter. Okay. Boom. Okay. When, my dear, was mm-hmm. the first known goblin rebellion in the British wizarding world? There was more than one. Yeah, there was one in 1400, and there was also one in 16 something. 16, the Goblin Rebellion Rebellion of uh, 1612, I think it was. So You you cheater. (laughs) I didn't cheat at all. (laughs) Yes, I forgot. Oh, my. Are you kidding? Uh, Why would you ever? How dare you, young lady? You you saw the answer. I forgot. How dare you? I don't even see it now. As you're, I don't even yeah, know where I, I would look. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, good job. Sweet. I can't believe... I mean, you know your subject so well. They, that's the response I expect. Do you remember where the Re- headquarters were? Headquarters. For that... Rebellion? rebellion? The wizard headquarters. Yeah. The wizard headquarters? Yes. According to... Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Chapter 5, The Dementor. Uh, this chapter? I guess so. <laughs> No, that's not in this chapter. It is well, yeah. Where the headquarters was, obviously, it was not London. Obviously, yeah. It was Dublin. No. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. We do learn about this in this chapter because it took place in the vicinity of Hogsmeade Village. That's One of the local inns was uh-huh. used as the wizard headquarters for the rebellion. Of course, it and was. I'm pretty sure Hermione informs us about this. Uh, wonderful fact. Right, when they're talking about going to Hogsmeade. Yes. And, and Harry's like, you enjoy it. You enjoy it. <laughs> right, right. So okay. yeah, good job. 1612 was the first one. Yeah, nice. Good job. All right, so there you go, friends. In case you're wondering, first known Goblin Rebellion in the British Wizarding World. I think yeah. I even said earlier, like the f- I, I gave two dates and one was earlier than the first. <laughs> it was. He <laughs> was at, so. then at 1612. Yeah, 14, no, 1612. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Okay, um, history lesson over. Weekly Maggie zoology lesson starts. Give it to me. Let's go. What? You rescue these creatures? Yes, that's right. Rescue, nurture, and protect them. I'm, I'm gently trying to educate my fellow wizards about them. Come on. What are we learning about? Okay, so according to our new system, the next beast is the augray. Augrey. Or Augrey. How do you spell that? A-U-G-U-R-E-Y. Oh, this and thing looks cool. cool. There's some cool stuff about the Augrey. Okay. Whoa. The Augrey is also known as the Irish Phoenix. <laughs> it's only got a classification of two X's. And the Augrey is a native 
of Britain and Ireland, though sometimes found elsewhere in Northern Europe. A thin and mournful looking bird, somewhat like a small and underfed vulture in appearance, the augre is greenish black. It is intensely shy, nests in bramble and thorn, eats, a, uh, eats large insects and fairies, flies only in heavy rain, and otherwise remains hidden in its tear-shaped nest. The augre has a distinctive low and throbbing qu- 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 quack cry. <laughs> <laughs> Is it quacking like a duck? <laughs> no, a cry. Okay. Which was once believed to foretell death. Wizarding. What? Wiz- really? Yes. Okay. Wizards avoided augre nests for fear of hearing. So it probably was in you know a, a, an earlier version of the Death Omen book. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Holy. Um, Cricket. Wizards avoided augury nests for fear of hearing that heart-rending sound, and more than one wizard be- is believed to have suffered a heart attack on passing a thicket and hearing an unseen augury wail. Patient research eventually revealed, however, that the augury merely sings at the approach of rain. The augury has since enjoyed a vogue as a home weather forecaster, <laughs> Though many find its almost continual moaning during the winter months difficult to bear, augury feathers are useless as quills because they repel ink. Whoa! So like you go to put it in an ink jar, and it just the ink will just like almost like a magnet, it's just like pushing yes. them away or something. But here's something really cool about the augury, and I found this on the wiki. Okay. And this is taken from um, the sources, the Quill of Acceptance and the Book of Admittance by J.K. Rowling. It's an original published work on Pottermore. Okay. The magical quill of acceptance that recorded prospective students for Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry was believed to come from an augury. And since it doesn't, it doesn't use, no one knows what the stuff is it uses to write it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not definitely ink. not ink. Right. Yeah. There's a whole article, and I believe we will talk about this article in either a Harry Potter Hangout episode or a Patreon episode. Okay. Yeah. Because it's a really cool article and very interesting and very fun to think about. Okay. Yeah, the Quill of Acceptance and the Book of Admittance. Huh. This is so interesting. So you have the the, the phoenix and its cry is very beautiful and, mm-hmm. and magical and makes warms your heart. Maybe it foretells uh, of, of sunny days, right? Maybe it's a, maybe it's forecasting no clouds, no rain. And here we have the Irish phoenix. Mm-hmm. Which the augury is yep. is telling us that rain is on the way. Wow, it looks almost like, yeah, it's 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 different than. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. You could you could even say the real phoenix, you know, represents like fire, the sun, mm-hmm. sunshine. Yeah, like you said. Yeah, and this okay, is like yeah. rain, water, sorrow. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a uh, uh, the, the the other side of the coin. I like it. I right? like it. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Another time we encounter an augury, augury is in 1927 when Jacob Kowalski encounters Patrick, an augury, one of several kept in Newt's commander's home. Yeah, you, we, we, we go right <laughs> by and he's like, what are you looking at? Or something like that, you know? <laughs> what you looking at? I got my own problems, buddy. Something like that. Because <laughs> like, it looks like it has a problem. Kind yeah. of like, oh, like he's sad. Yes, yeah. He's like, hey, I got my own problems, man. All right. So, yeah, yeah. that's a good one, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I so, you know, like I've, I've said in the past, sometimes I'm not a fan <laughs> of some of these fantastical beasts. No, but you learn a lot but, along the way, especially like this quill of acceptance. I didn't know that. It, yeah. I mean, we talked about it, I think, once before. But now I have a better picture of how the whole thing goes down, how it writes down the names. And actually, a little spoiler here. Okay. Um, the book of admit they kind of work together, the quill and the book. 
Okay. And the quill wanted to po- uh, put Neville's name down when he was born. The book slammed shut. And was no. Like, no. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Wow. Until later when Neville did the whole jump out of the, or fall out of the window and he did some magic to protect himself. His so body. which knows more? Like, which knows more then? Huh? I, I guess I, it's not really said, but they, they, they kind of work, work together and, and yeah. The book is, I think the book's more, no, show me some real evidence that this person is a wizard or a witch. Interesting. So maybe mm-hmm. the quill, when when Argus Filch is born, it's quill's like Ooh. I'm ready to write him down. And the book is like, hold on a second, that's a squib. All yeah, right. yeah, could be. You know, yes. Okay, that was a good one. <laughs> oh, thank you. All right, are we ready for the main part, our chapter? Let's do it. Are you ready for some Dementors? Kind of. Mm, uh, who yeah. who's re- who's ever ready for Dementors? Yeah, I guess okay. the I guess the Augury would be. Yeah. Rain sorrow. Ooh, do dementors only like feed on human souls? I guess so. No, no. Yeah, I don't think, I don't know if animal souls are actually. I'm just thinking the bird that they would like to hang out with would be not a phoenix, but an augury. (laughs) Probably. probably. Yeah. All All right, let's hear that summary. Chapter five The Dementor. The morning of departure for Hogwarts is, as always, chaotic. Harry has to give up his attempts to tell Hermione and Ron about what he heard last night, that Sirius Black is looking for him, but it's just too busy with all the kids heaving their trunks downstairs and pets complaining loudly in their cages. Two ministry cars drive Harry, Hermione, and the Weasleys to King's Cross, and in small groups, they carefully enter platform 9 and 3 quarters through the barrier between the muggle platforms 9 and 10. Mrs. Weasley kisses all of them goodbye, and just when she starts handing out sandwiches for the journey, Mr. Weasley pulls Harry aside, to tell him that Sirius Black is after him. Harry admits that he already heard him and Mrs. Weasley talking about it last night, but Mr. Weasley makes Harry promise that he won't try and find Black. Harry's confused, but there's no time to ask questions. The train has already started moving, and Harry runs after it and jumps on, waving Mr. and Mrs. Weasley goodbye. The trio finds an empty compartment on the train. Empty, except for the new Hogwarts professor, R.J. Lupin, whose head is leaning against the window. The professor is asleep. Harry feels comfortable enough telling Hermione and Ron all about Mr. and Mrs. Weasley's argument last night and the warning Arthur gave him. Both Ron and Hermione are shocked and frightened by the news, much more than Harry himself. To their surprise, Harry's sneakoscope suddenly starts whistling in his trunk. Afraid it would wake up Professor Lupin, Ron stuffs the sneakoscope in Uncle Vernon's old sock and back in the suitcase, which deadens the sound. In the afternoon, Ron, Harry, and Hermione get some visitors in their compartment. First, the trolley witch stops by, and supplies the trio with some cauldron cakes. Then Malfoy and his Slytherin gang appear at the door, ready to pick a fight. As soon as they notice Professor Lupin, however, Malfoy, Crabbe, and Goyle resentfully draw back and leave. Suddenly and without warning, the train comes to a halt and the lights go out. This causes quite a commotion in the corridor and Ginny and Neville stumble into Harry's compartment. At last, the professor wakes up, conjures a fire and reaches for the door. But the door slides open right before him. A horrible, dark, cloaked creature comes inside, draws a rattling breath, and the air becomes ice cold. Everything is swallowed by darkness, and the last thing Harry hears before losing consciousness is a terrible scream. Lupin tells the Dementor that Black isn't here and sends it away with a Patronus charm. The train is moving again and Harry wakes up on the compartment floor. Professor Lupin offers him a large piece of chocolate. Harry wonders why he is the only one who passed out 
but everyone agrees that they had never felt this cold and unhappy in their lives. Soon they arrive at Hogsmeade, and while the first years go with Hagrid, everyone else gets on one of the carriages pulled by invisible horses to drive them up to the castle. More Dementors are standing guard by the Iron Gates. When Harry steps off his carriage, Malfoy loudly makes fun of him for fainting on the train. Lupin steps in once more, and Malfoy already begins to despise the new, way-too-shabby-looking teacher. They follow the stream of students inside, but before Harry and Hermione can enter the Great Hall, Professor McGonagall calls them both to go with her. Harry is quickly examined by Madame Pomfrey, and Hermione and McGonagall discuss something important for Hermione's schedule in private. They return to the Great Hall, where the sorting ceremony for first years has just ended. Dumbledore rises and gives his welcome speech to the school. He warns students not to get in trouble with the Dementors, who were sent from Azkaban to protect Hogwarts from Sirius Black. The headmaster also welcomes Professor Lupin and Professor Hagrid as new staff members. Once the delicious and marvelous feast is over, the trio rushes to the teacher's table and they congratulate Hagrid on his new job as care of magical creatures teacher. Hagrid is overwhelmed with emotions and gratitude. After all, it was Harry, Ron, and Hermione who helped clear his name last year. Finally, all students make their way to their common rooms. When Harry enters his Gryffindor dormitory and looks around, he feels like he was home at last. Yeah, home at last. Mm-hmm. Let's go. At last. Long, long ride, long, lots of things to consider. Uh, you know, Leaky Cauldron, back at Diagon Alley, blows up his aunt, Dementor's on the train, now he's back. So, what do you got? Thoughts on this chapter? Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's lo- one of our first longer chapters. I was going to say, yeah, I think this is the first chapter that is really getting longer. And it's the third year's journey to Hogwarts in full detail. And I want to say, it feels really like we are spending... The whole day with the trio, with Harry and, and his friends and the Weasleys, we you could feel the hustle and bustle of leaving and hopefully having all your stuff, all your things packed. And um, there's a lot of kids to coordinate. I mean, I don't know how they do it. Arthur, Molly, <laughs> you're amazing. Yeah. And you're even like, yep, we have two more kids. Doesn't matter anymore. Just get them all over here. We'll right. bring them to uh, to Hogsmeade <laughs> to um, Wish platform they nine three quarters. Yep. Yeah. The chapter opens with Harry waking up in the leaky cauldron. And at the end of the chapter, Harry enters the Gryffindor dormitory, finally feeling at home, right? Mm -hmm. So even after he got to spend two weeks in the wizarding world and time with Hermione and the Weasleys, he fully feels at home once he's moved back in at Hogwarts. Yeah. And I love it. Because fans all over the world call Hogwarts their home. Yep, yep, And yep. I certainly do. Throughout my life, it's always been a place in my heart, my mind, right, my um, imagination, and my bookshelf <laughs> that I knew I could always come back to, and whenever I, you know, needed comfort and courage, and truly, like when I, when I was sick, even when I was younger, and I felt sick, you know, back in the day, there was no Audible. And mm-hmm. I would ask my mom to go to the library and pick up the CDs or cassettes yep. of the audiobook version. Oh, yeah. And I would listen to it all day long. Yep, absolutely. I had a CD player in the car and I had the cassettes. 
or the CTs, excuse me. I do know the difference because I was around. <laughs> I was around when that dark magic was writ. Right. All right. So, uh, yeah, but um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It, it, it does feel home. And it's so crazy because like Tom Riddle, kind of same thing. See, you know, it's because yeah. we follow Harry and Harry yes. really is like, no, this is home. And like mm-hmm. that first year experience of getting there, the magic of that first year it's yeah. just created such a nostalgia that like, no, this is it. Yeah. Laying down in your bed that first night back at Hogwarts, like, boom, here we yeah. are. Let's go. Right. So. And everyone was so anxious. Sorry, one more note on Hogwarts being home. Everyone was so anxious when they heard the seventh book is not going to really take place at Hogwarts. Yeah. You're you're not, right. They're not going back to school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is not going to be good. And then it was awesome. It this was awesome. amazing. I can, yeah. So, yeah. Still, But still, Hogwarts is our home for sure. And Shell Cottage. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but let's go back to the beginning. Um, Ronald can't wait to get away from Percy, right? Percy is so excited to find Penelope on platform nine three quarters. Oh, yeah. To show her the head boy badge. I mean, let's just be honest. Percy is like, he sees, I mean, Penelope, <laughs> I'm home, right? I He's, know, uh, right? hey. <laughs> home is where my person is. That's wow. Cute. Um, but ha- I was wondering, like, when you think about Percy and even the other Weasley, I think Bill and Charlie, maybe one of them was also a head boy. I don't know if both of them mm-hmm. were head boy. And I was wondering, how do they choose a head boy? Because head boy is even, like, you have all your prefects, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we learn later that as a prefect, you don't apply to be a prefect, right? Her- Ron and Hermione had no clue they would be chosen as prefects. Mm-hmm. So do you apply to be a head boy or are you just chosen to be head boy or head girl? Yeah, it lo- just according to the wiki, as a quick search, it says that they're a- that they're selected yeah. by the okay. headmaster. Cool. So, wow. I mean, yeah. that is an honor, honestly. Like Dumbledore knows that he could count on Percy and he would never make probably someone like Ron or Harry head boy because right. he knows they get in trouble all the time. Right. So, I mean, at the uh, so here we go. At the beginning of the school year, the headmaster appoints one head boy and one head girl from all uh, of the seventh year students. Okay, these, it has to be seventh year. Hmm. Right. Uh, these students were chosen because of their academic achievement, okay. outstanding reputation as a student, and an honest, good, and hardworking personality. So, those are the kind of things oh. that they were looking for. Prefects may have been uh, may have had a greater chance of being appointed to this position, as both had similar expectations on the student however this was not a prerequisite so mm-hmm. you didn't have to be a prefect to get the head okay. boy honor if you will but most of the time it made sense that yeah right right you yeah. were both cool so cool right do you think you could have been head boy uh, well, I, I think so could have been yeah i think C- so could have been but i was a rascal oh you were i was a rascal <laughs> at hogwarts you guys know okay you know i was <laughs> so yeah but mm-hmm. <laughs> Doing other, I was doing other things, you know. I was down in the kitchens. I was I was rounding up stuff for for the after Quidditch parties and mm-hmm. studying history. Oh. So anyway, yeah, yeah, no, no. I think it's cool. I I don't know if I probably not. Honestly, yeah. Honestly, I guess if I'm being really, I'm thinking about like like I think you, I think you would have been a head girl. I do think that oh, okay. because of your academics and your hardworking. Mm-hmm. You know, academic achievements, outstanding reputation, all those good things. But I did not really get into studying hard and really applying myself in my academics until I got to college. Okay. Didn't. Yep. So just saying, pre-17-year-old me, <laughs> no way. Uh-uh. I mean, yeah. And you can change. You see that Percy is 
such a rule abiding. I mean, he it kind of fits with the rule abiding to, to the ministry later, but also he changes a lot, right? He he drifts away from his family, so you're yeah. allowed to change, and sometimes but, for the good, sometimes for the worse. Right. It is though Dumbledore who it's so it's so interesting that mm. Percy's uh, opinions will change later on. Yeah. Based upon Fudge, I know and, he used to say Dumbledore is brilliant. Yeah, the first first year, he told right, Harry right. Dumbledore is a genius. Yep, <laughs> yeah, and looks up to him and understands, yeah. has has a bright future ahead of him, but gets caught up in that machine of just trying to rise through the pr- the the political ranks mm-hmm. and just gets sucked in there as a junior. You know, yeah. so yeah, crazy. All right, yeah. So Percy, <laughs> Percy, as soon as I mean, as soon as they are through the barrier. He's like, see ya. I got to find Penelope. There she is. Mm-hmm. And it's so cute because uh, Harry and Ginny actually share a little giggly moment. Uh, and I think it's adorable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then they all go to the very end of the train. Mm-hmm. And Molly kisses all of them goodbye. Hermione yeah. and Harry as well. And we see again how much of a motherly figure she is to Harry when it says that he is a little embarrassed but very pleased to get an extra hug. Yeah. It's it's so cute. And then yeah, she passes out sandwiches. I'm like, she is super mom. Yeah, she is. And, and what she distinguishes that it's not, no, no Ron, not corned beef or something like I that. I know, she does. She says, no, I know Ronald. He doesn't like Ronnie. that. <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't like it. Doesn't he mention that in the first or second book? I yes, think he's sort yes, of like, ex- she's yeah, so busy, exactly. yeah. you know, kind of. It's, it's okay. So yeah. that actually is one of those moments where, I really was sort of um, in tune with Ron a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Because your mom's busy running around and y- she made you a sandwich or she did something, but it was like, oh, it's not exactly, Yeah, it got mixed up or whatever, but you're still going to eat it because you just, like he, he cares so much about his family Yeah, and he's sitting there looking at his other friends saying, she's busy and there's a lot of us. It's okay. Yeah. That was me. That was me as a kid, always sort of mm-hmm. like asking, you know, hey, can I have an extra glass of milk because I know we don't have a lot. And I don't want to get, you know, I mean, I was a growing young boy, always wanting food. And I was always asking my mom because I would hear them talk about money, you know, not having a lot of money and different things. And you're like, well, I don't want to go in there and drink all the milk. But man, I I, I, I mean, (laughs) yeah, goodness gracious. Having a peanut butter and jelly sandwich here. I mean, give me a glass of milk. Right. But yeah. So. Yeah. It's 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 just a very heartwarming scene. Uh, and then Arthur pulls Harry aside because he made up his mind to tell him the truth about Sirius Black. And uh, I think because of Molly's reaction, because she's asking what Harry and Arthur are doing over there, I assume they did not talk about it again, and he just decided to do this on his own. Yes, right? he did. <laughs> um, holy cricket. Holy cricket, I know. Arthur, you. Yeah. What? Come on now. Yeah, he and just I mean, decided. You no. know, they, they almost see Harry as, as their son. Uh-huh, yeah. Right? And he decides, no, I want my, I would, I would want my actual son to know. Right. Well, they both, though, see him that way. And so Molly has, because yeah. I think we talked about this, like, there's right. a, there's an argument to be yeah. either way. True. Should we? Because she cause, says, cause I would not t- want to tell my son. I would want my son to go uh-huh. in peace. And right. Right. Not worry about those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. so moms and dads kind of come to this crossroads where it's mm-hmm. sort of like, okay, we don't agree on this. What are we going to do? Right. But actually, Harry kind of saves him and admits that he already overheard them last night. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's extremely honorable because it's uncomfortable telling people you were secretly listening to their conversation. 
Right. Um, but it's more important to Harry that Mr. Weasley doesn't break his word to, to anyone like Fudge or, or probably also his wife. Um, so I think just Harry's such a good kid, you know, mm-hmm. that he he kind of jumps over his own shadow, as we would say in German. I don't know if that's a saying here. He jumps well. over his own shadow. Mm-hmm. That's what we. That's a saying in German. What What does that mean? That means you're brave. You jump. You jump over your own shadow, like meaning you oh, do something against okay. your what would benefit you or what you would be wanting. Yeah, because he's admitting. I do. see. I see. Yeah. There's one last warning that Arthur gives him, and it leaves Harry very puzzled. Arthur says, "You don't go looking for Black either," mm-hmm. and that is a valid question. Why would he? Because yeah. if if you know a murderer is after you, you would not go and mm-hmm. look for that person, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And Harry's like, uh, "Okay, yeah, wouldn't do that." But there's definitely no time because the the train's already rolling, and he Harry never does just promise though does he no that's what i yes yeah that's what i was gonna say because arthur was like promise me harry and he never gets a chance to answer okay i promise you he never promises it yep and arthur is kind of like okay i I told him hopefully he'll listen to me right and and then harry just jumps on last minute he just doesn't say anything i guess uh also mrs weasley's like uh harry (laughs) you kind of have to go right yeah so yeah, he leaves the Weasleys behind with that weird warning. Doesn't really know what to do with it. But then you get onto the train, and then you're almost like, okay, adults are gone, and you're just with your friends. And Ron, he just shoes Ginny away, and she's like, oh wow, that's nice, bro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I felt kind of bad there. Like, get out of here, Ginny. Yeah. I mean, that's like, a typical thing. Like, you know, your little sister, you don't want her around. I feel like I felt that as a kid, too. Yeah, for sure. Can I say, too, yeah. uh, just as we go into this, as we're, we're on the Hogwarts Express. It's yes. sort of, we don't think, I don't think until this point, we feel like once you get on the Hogwarts Express, you're good. That's a part of Hogwarts. Right, yeah. It almost. is safe. Mm-hmm. Well, it sure as heck is not as necessarily. See, yeah. So I know you're, you're driving to that here with all of your notes and stuff, but I just thought no, it, no, it no, just yeah. dawned on me that, okay, yeah, we should be good. Because you're saying like the adults are left behind yeah. and you just have the conductor yeah. and the trolley witch right. and all of these kids. It's just like the bus driver, I right? wonder though that, I wonder if the train itself has a magical protection probably. That's what I'm saying. It probably does, but the Dementors later get on. Who let them on? I mean, maybe there was orders mm-hmm. from, they're like, they're allowed to be at Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. In normal time, would the conductor have allowed that? What, Probably what? not, no. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do? Do you, I mean, they're they're, yeah. the, they're the guards of Azkaban, but they're looking for somebody. Yeah, the condu- I feel like the conductor was probably not sure. Like, was did Dumbledore tell them to just check the train? Was there, because he doesn't, I don't think he's like... Yeah, communicating that moment at that moment with anyone. Right, but it is that that moment before you, uh, like, like let's say around here, it would be getting on a bus, and mm-hmm. if the bus is stopped by a police officer on the way to school, right, or something. Okay, that's uh, there's some news to talk right. about when we get to school. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah, our bus got pulled over. All right. Yeah. And <laughs> for those, what reason? I don't know. Some yeah. scary police officers, you know. Yeah, coming on and questioning the bus driver. Yeah. Apparently he was at three three broomsticks last night and something went down, <laughs> so they wanted to know what he what he saw. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, it just makes you think that there there probably is some magical protection. But mm-hmm. you've always thought up until this point that we're at Hog we're kind of not at Hogwarts, but we're the the magic is flowing. Right. right? Yeah. We we've gone through the barrier. There is a guard, as we learn in Sorcerer's yes. Stone, there on the platform. So there is a wizard guard there. Yeah. Is there a wizard guard somewhere on the? 
on the on the tr- you know why not why would you oh, have- you mean on the train yeah maybe conductor's got to drive trolley witch is doing her thing who's who's at the caboose is there somebody back there what if there's a fight what if a fight breaks out malfoy's always trying to pick a fight you know what i just thought yeah remember in the first book haggard hands him his ticket who checks yeah. their tickets do yeah. they ever get stick to does, your does, ticket does their ticket ever get like maybe it's only for first years and maybe stamped? it's only for maybe yeah, just an information here you have to go there they definitely are not it's maybe it's one of those things like let's be honest over i mean we always bought tickets for the train <laughs> in germany know, in and Berlin. no one ever checked it you think but no one checked when it. you go, when you use a daily you definitely get checked yeah do you get yeah. kicked off Yes, they will pull you out, oh. and they will take your name, address, everything, <gasps> and you have to pay a fee. A fee, a fine, mm-hmm. or something? Mm-hmm. And they, do they keep track of that? Is there a system where they yes. keep track of that? You're a multiple, you've, you've oh, violated I the... I wonder. No, I don't think so. It's mm. not like, oh, if you've already done it three times, you have to pay more. I think you just always pay the same amount. Okay. And some people, they do say, I'd rather risk it and then maybe pay like those hundred... And that's why I think they went up on in the fee. Right. Um, they would rather risk it because already buying a ticket for a whole month is, was became so expensive that they say I'll re- just you know if they catch me I'll pay that fee and if they don't I save me some money. Right. Anyway, <clears throat> so the trio is on the train and they find that they always find that one empty compartment somehow, except for this time our new DADA professor R J Lupin. Um, is in that compartment and he seems to be in a deep sleep yeah my question is was he really sleeping this entire time did he take some medicine maybe it was just you know full moon a couple of days ago Mm -hmm. and he was exhausted or did he actually hear everything that was going on uh, because he was just pretending yeah so no it it does seem like he because often he's described as being tired and having like yeah, this this condition sure. like i think tonks later says like it's that time of month really where the his oh yeah condition, i get it right yeah okay <laughs> uh where it's worsening and so you know when you can get that sleep in you get that sleep mm-hmm. yep amen and there's something to the train the, the train is soothing and just lulls him right to oh, sleep oh true actually i mean i loved sleeping like in the car on the train when i was little yeah, it's it really is a soothing feeling. You light movement. You have some rain. Well, not yet, but later on, we have some rain outside and little rattling noises. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do think, like you said, he he's probably really really exhausted. Maybe he did take some strong sleeping potion to, because he he sleeps through everything that happens in that compartment, other than the Dementors. Mm-hmm. Because there's a sneak scope going off. There is people coming in. Well, part of it is there's something in your, I don't know, you're, you're processing those sounds and everything still. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's normal kid I guess banter so, yeah. stuff. Yep. Uh, and then something changes. Because, you know, you can kind of tell when you're half asleep. And I bet you a lot of parents out there are like, yeah, I kind of know when it's normal chaos. And then <laughs> yeah. when I need to wake up and start, True. you know, yep. laying down the law. Yeah. But, but uh, he, I mean, he's so asleep that Harry feels safe enough to, or, or comfortable enough to tell Her- Hermione and Ron about Black. And right after he's done telling them, the sneak scope goes off. And I was like, why? Yeah. Because it can't just be because of Scabbers, aka Peter, is there. Because um, it happens specifically after they talk about Sirius. So I'm almost thinking, like, 
is Peter hearing the conversation? Yeah. Then he becomes all like agitated and forms a plan with bad intentions, maybe in his mind. And maybe that's what sets the sneakoscope off. Yeah. Could be. Or is it just a cheap one? And and that's why it will only go off occasionally when Peter's nearby. I don't know. It was just weird that, I mean, part of it is like maybe when they're at the leaky cauldron, it's not that they're around each other a, a super whole bunch hmm. or something. And and now they're in close proximity and they've been sitting there for a while and scabbers moves and mm-hmm. sneak his goats like, boom, gotcha. Okay. I know that's the, that, that right. That's, there's a rat right yeah. there. Yeah. And <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally. So that could be it. But yeah, it might be a combination of it's just cheap and it doesn't always pick up on everything. And mm-hmm, then. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe Scabbers was asleep himself, and then he heard Siri's name, and he was like, oh. <laughs> right, right. Not yeah. that again. Yeah. So, but the Sneakoscope is interesting. We did a little episode where mm-hmm. we just kind of talked about what it's foreshadowing, what it's breaking down, uh, where, you know, because Moody has some later on, and they're they're interesting, but they they could they could be indicating we don't really know what is exactly setting them off other than right. it puts you on alarm and Not you look really, around yeah. and, and you say okay uh, there's five people in the room which of the five should i not trust and who is up right. to no good yeah. right so yeah. it doesn't really it just puts you on on alert mm-hmm. and that's that's about it now then as as it all plays out we realize mm, right there was our guy right later on but yeah it may, i don't know maybe maybe malfoy was lingering outside you know maybe he had walked by the compartment door okay. And was trying to you know, find a good opportune moment to, to pop in there and mm-hmm. start some trouble. He always is. Yeah. So. And in that moment, when you when we hear or read it, we don't really think about Scabbers, right? So it's more like, okay, who is this new character? Right? He's just uh-huh. asleep. He's the new DADA professor. Oh, yeah, and you... the professor from the last two years turned out not to be good. Yes. Right. So we think it's maybe going off telling us that this guy's bad. Maybe. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, again, it's right. fun yeah. to go back and read. And, and now we know all this stuff. Because well, we don't remember. When we first mm-hmm. read it, that's probably exactly what we were thinking. Like, mm, yeah. This, Can we trust this watch guy? this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so they, they put the sneakoscope to sh- make it shut up. They put it in one of Uncle Vernon's old socks, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And put it back in the trunk. And then they changed the subject to Hogsmeade. And we learned that it is the only non-Muggle settlement in Britain. And that was interesting to me because in my mind, I somehow formed the idea that Godric's Hollow was an exclusive wizarding community. But it is not. Muggles do live there. Yeah, yeah. And they kind of show us that when we see the, in the film version, when we see them at... Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um... It was like a Christmas church ceremony or That's something. That's what there. I was always wondering because in my mind, somehow I thought it was just a wizarding community. And I was like, oh, I mean, wizards do celebrate Christmas, but we didn't really know. Do they go to church? Is it? Do they just celebrate Christmas like everybody else because it's part of our Western society? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, now we know it's probably a muggle thing, I guess. Yeah. Yep. 
And something else we learned from Hermione in 1612. As you said correctly, Hogsmeade was the headquarters for the Goblin Rebellion, which connects to the event in Hogwarts Legacy because there's another Goblin Rebellion. But Ron doesn't want to hear it. And all he can think of is Honey Dukes. And I cannot blame him for that. Yeah, to him, that's just sort of like whatever. Maybe he. I, I always love when when um, we get into like r- like wizarding things that are known to him that are boring. Like whatever. Yeah. Okay, I've heard that there's something to do with Goblin headquarters there. It's right. cool. It's cool village. But really, what matters is the sweet shop. Right. And yeah. that's that's what that he, as a kid, that's what he's focused on. Whereas, like Hermione and Harry are more interested in maybe some of that lore, and right. they've they've never heard any of those things. So. True. Mm-hmm. To them, they're like, all right, look, that that's cool. Yeah, right? they never I thought about you take for granted, right? So, so things that I when I would go to Berlin, Germany, you're mm-hmm. sort of like, okay, I, I guess that's cool. I've grew up right here the whole time. I don't mm-hmm. know, is, yeah, it, yeah. is it cool? I guess so, right? Yeah. Uh, but to people who are foreign to to that area or to that world, yeah, they're they're really intrigued. They went into all the different uh, details about it. So, yeah, that's a and good they way want the lo- they want the local to say, hey, the sweet shop's where it's at, guys. Right. <laughs> Forget all this, you know, hoopla here and everything. Yeah. We got a guy down the road here who's selling sweets. Yeah. And um, talking about sweets, the trolley witch comes by. Bless her. Ooh. I am. Ugh. They buy some cauldron cakes. Yeah. They're hungry. Even though Mrs. Weasley made sandwiches, but cauldron cakes, you know? Well, it goes well with that sandwich, I'm sure. Probably. I mean, it's a good dessert. Yeah. And then Malfoy and his friends stop by, but they leave when they see Professor Lupin. And then it gets a little rainy. There's not much happening between Malfoy and, and the guys. A couple Augries outside. It's raining. You know, oh, they're oh, my goodness. Right probably. Any time That's now. their weather. That's their time. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, I said, I wrote down, of course it's raining because it would be really awkward if the Dementor showed up under a blue sky and sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. And then I thought, do you think they influence the weather somehow? Because they at least influence light. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, don't know. In the Order of the Phoenix, does the weather change when they come for Harry and Dudley? I wonder. Yeah, do, well, in the movie it does. I'm trying to think about, I'm pretty sure everything, that's what Mrs. Vig says, right? Everything went cold. Gets dark, I storm, I feel like it did rain. get dark. So do you think it's always rainy or, or just at least no sunshine in Azkaban because of all the Dementors? They always show it, yeah, dark, stormy, right? rainy, and you wonder... Kind of Awkward. So it can't, it can't always be that way, but I mean, that's just how it's. That's a part of the, the art in terms yeah, of. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it would be always just dark, around it. Really? Hmm. Well, I that there's no. I don't know. That's seems strange. <laughs> seems strange that there's there's a spot that would never see good sunlight and have a good day. But that's the whole point of Azkaban. It's supposed yeah. to have a good day. Well, yeah, again, like you said, unless the Dementors have some sort of control over the weather, which mm-hmm. Gandalf would say, like, that, I mean, when they ask him to do something about the rain, look, he, that's not something he can do, can't. which is, what, yeah, you can't do that. There's, yeah. like, can't conjure up food. I mean, you can't, okay. there's certain things you can't do. Okay. So, I yeah. would like to argue that the Dementors can't control the weather. Okay, but, but they may, they might have a little, in, I mean, they control light. Do they? Fire. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I like they do, thing. I guess, though, because I mean, like, that's just against the art form, as as I said. I mean, they, they did seem like well, I don't know if they just exaggerate that in the film or not, but there's the 
everything gets cold. Yeah. Right? Do you just feel yeah. cold or is it actually cold? I mean, they were showing it on the window getting cold, like a frost coming in. Yeah, so. in the movie, yeah, it looks Different. like the, the whole room went cold. Yeah. Or compartment. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. What do you guys think? Is it always rainy in Azkaban? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we learned they are not the nicest creatures. Definitely not. Everything gets dark. And then, but why did Neville and Ginny both come to Harry's compartment? That was so weird to me. They're, where are they on the train? And why did they come to the last compartment? Well, they know, they know, they know that's where they're at. They're just coming in to chat with them. Right? Did they know that they're in that compartment? Maybe. I assume as they're coming in and out, they find out where they're, where they're sitting. And they just, because people can walk by and look in. Oh, there's where Harry and Ron. I mean, I remember Ron said, get out of here, right? Yeah. He told Jenny. Okay, yeah, so Jenny, yeah, Jenny kind of knows where they're at, but Neville, Neville. But they're kind of friends. They're kind of together. Neville sitting was? Poor Jenny. Neville. Jenny. I think he's oh, sitting with Jenny. You think I've been sitting? Yeah. Yeah. I think for together. two, yeah. Mm. For two years, they've been sitting together. Oh. Yeah. Pro- yeah. Probably Just, with Hermione last year when, when Harry and Ron were not on the train. Yeah, and she said, mm. some bo- well, the first year, mm-hmm. Neville, some boy, lost a toad. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yep. True. So there you go. So they stumble into their apartment, uh, compartment, uh, and Dementors actually come in. Like, okay, p- before that, Lupin wakes up. Finally, the professor has been sleeping this whole time. He wakes up, and then you saw that he is conjuring up a fire in his hand. Oh. He has like a flame coming out of his hand, or holding right. it in his hand, which is super cool. Never way, seen that before. Way cooler. Think about that for a second. When you see the film. And he doesn't say Lumos or anything with just, I mean, yeah. you know, uh, wordless magic. Whatever, uh, right. Yeah. Nonverbal. Yeah. And he yes. just, boom, Lumos. Uh, tip shows up and he's casting his Patronus. Mm-hmm. Well, it's actually, his hand is full of flame. Yeah. I wonder if it's like a blue glowing yeah, flame. Yeah, like the same like, kind of that Hermione conjures up. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. It, does it describe the color? I don't know if it does. But I just can see him there as it's kind of dark and gloomy. And then, boom, he's got this handful of flame. Yeah. And you're like, what is going on right now? I have so. this picture in my mind of, was it some witch in the first movie that lights a cigarette with her finger? Just has a... Come, or really? was that in Fantastic Beasts somewhere in one of the pubs? Or yeah, I don't know. Speakeasies? Can't remember. I don't know. I have this... In, yeah, I don't know. This scene that somebody had a fire coming out of their fingertip right, to light right. a cigarette or something. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he, we see um, his, I guess his confidence in protecting the students, seeing, looking what's going on. I mean, imagine Lupin was not on the train. Like normally there's no, like you said, there's no teachers on the train. No one really to help students mm-hmm. in if, there, if something happens. Yeah, thank goodness he was there. And they're in the middle of nowhere somewhere in Scotland, you know. Right. So. Oh my goodness, think about this. Hmm? So what if one of the seventh years had to run down? And use their Patronus charm. Oh. If Harry was, like, the Dementor's kiss was going on and I mean, per- all sorts of stuff. Maybe Percy, Percy steps that up. Mo- I was going to say, in that moment, Percy's probably like, what is going on? I'm going to. Could you imagine if old yeah. boy Percy pulled out his wand and went expect uh, the? I mean, the badge would have just grown to oh. a full <laughs> chest plate of armor. And it's just he's there and Penelope's behind him. I mean, that would have been wild. That- I loved it. That is, yeah, I think he definitely um, 
was ready to do something. Yeah, because you call the prefects. The prefects are like, let's get the head boy down here, head girl. They both show up. What do we do? Got to get these Dementors out of here. You know, they're speaking to them. If there's no professor or if there's no, the conductor is just like, they're going to search the train, but then some student gets hurt. Yeah. That's crazy. So yeah. I'm just, I love those extra moments where you can kind of imagine like what, what it would have been like. Doing? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, let's say it's not these years where Harry's there and it's some year where this happens like years ago or years in the future, 10 years after Harry graduates and some of the seventh years have to come down and, and, and help out some of the third years because yeah. they're getting, uh, they're getting attacked by the Dementor. Yeah. We never, we never really think about those individuals who are older than Harry. Um, it's a lot of the kids that were younger, except for, I guess the first year we do, we do. I mean, we, I take that back. <laughs> There's a lot of them. So, yeah, for, but you just don't get um, they're not the ones that are so much older. Right. 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 Oliver Wood is like the oldest. I think that I can I can kind of mm-hmm. think about. I mean, you don't think of like seventh years when yeah. he's a first year. Yeah. You kind of wish. Yeah. I mean, like, like you said, the, it's, it's just fun people? to think about. Yeah. yeah. Who's, and they're getting ready to graduate and go into the wizarding world and, and yeah. think Ima- about what they're going to do. Imagine, though, if you're that seventh year. I mean, I guess it's Percy now, right? Mm-hmm. But, but um, if you are, let's say, Harry's first year, those seventh years, the head boy that year comes mm-hmm. down and Harry Potter needs your help. It's like, what's yeah. up? Coming down to save yes. Harry Potter for a hot second. Yeah. That'd be crazy. Right. Yep. But. Okay. Um, Dementors have been said uh, that they are supposed to represent depression mm-hmm. because of, you know, the coldness that seems to consume you and that feeling in that moment, at least, that you would never be, ne- like, never be happy again. Yeah. That yeah. there's no way out. That this is how you're, you actually feel like this is how you're going to feel for the rest of your life in that moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's a terrible feeling. That's like the feeling of hopelessness, basically, yeah. right? And right. no one passes out besides Harry, um, but they all feel the same. And this is the same feeling that even a squib can describe, and even Dudley feels it. Yes. And it could, like, they make it seem like, or she makes it seem like this could very well be what we feel as depression, you know, that... Mm-hmm weight on your heart and that coldness yeah and it's a very very well described feeling Mm -hmm. um and there is a big question when harry hears the scream no one else really hears anything or they don't really talk about it we see Ginny is pale and it says she looks like harry feels so we're almost thinking Ginny had some really traumatizing events um, from last year when Voldemort or Tom Riddle was possessing her. And here he's the scream. And we wonder, is that Voldemort's souls, like the part of Voldemort's soul that's in Harry at this very moment, is that his memory too? And is that why oh. the Dementors have such an effect on Harry because they might feel that there are two souls inside Harry. Yep. Yep. And I was like, "Okay, honey bear. Yep. You're the man <clears throat> for theories. What do you got?" No, that's a really good one. Is that they are is that the pain is and what he's experiencing is it's overwhelming because there are two souls residing inside of him. Yes. And he's processing all of those 
emotions and they're, they're putting off some sort of energy that is overwhelming. So one is his own soul processing and, and, and recalling mm-hmm. that moment where the person he cares about most is sacrificing herself for him, his mother, you know, yeah. even if it's, you're like, well, he's too young. No, I mean, that's still there. It was yeah. an experience that it affects. It, it definitely, it definitely affects, um, children. Anybody who knows anything about child development will tell you that like all of those early, early on experiences, they, they shape mold that child for, for, for the future. So that was something that really had a major impact on him. And then you've got Voldemort's soul there. Although what's interesting about his soul and that bit that, that, that uh, sort of breaks off Mm -hmm. when you read that, I forget exactly where it is, but it, it almost says that the only uh, I forget how it's how it's phrased, but we had a, a theory that the only part of Voldemort that really that that broke off that was like almost like the last little bit that was keeping him human sort yes. of uh, or human air quote was this part of his soul that might be more yeah. childlike or might might represent yes. his childhood yeah. uh, before he completely morphed into mm-hmm. the monster that he is and that 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 portion was so fragile that it latched on to Harry. And by the way, it's interesting. There's a lot of people talk about the scar being the exact point upon which that Voldemort's soul entered yeah. his, his being, yeah. you know? Yeah, because a scar shows like something's been done to your, almost exactly. like your skin. Something's hurt your skin in that. Right. In, in that, that actual area. And that's why I kind of yeah. forgot. I'm like, oh shoot, that is exactly where the, where the soul yeah. enters. Yes. And so dang. Um, and it's also great because I mean, as an author, it's noticeable. You can see it, mm-hmm. right? Whatever. So, yeah. so Mar- Mark's Harry Potter is the boy who lived. But uh, yeah, it was too much. It was too much emotion. And so he mm-hmm. passes out because Jenny's dealing with the same sort of thing, as yeah. you said. She's sitting there and she is trembling. She's weak, uh, shivering. And so they all notice a very different. They, they, they point out Jenny as someone who was having a more traumatic reaction than they were. Yeah. Yes. And I guarantee other kids up and down that train were having having various reactions as well, too. Yeah. Right. Depending on their trauma. We just followed this crew. Oh, probably. Yeah. Right. But not so. everybody. I wonder, did did um, Dementors enter every single t- compartment to right, look yeah, for maybe black? Not, maybe not. But uh, yeah, maybe not. They, they definitely got through a few, though, until they got to Harry. They're in the back. I'm only, well, you know, who knows? Maybe they maybe somebody came in through the caboose and and yeah. entered there and doesn't come all the way down. But. Yeah, I don't know. So I'll say this. So as we as I'm gonna drive through the rest of the chapter here, they didn't talk much for the rest of the journey, though. Yeah. And can you imagine? I mean, after that happens, I'd be kind of sitting there dumbfounded as well. Harry completely yes. passes out. He's overwhelmed by that pain, and uh, wakes up and realizes nobody else passed out. Just Jenny has her he's reaction. He's embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah, he's embarrassed. Like I passed. How? Why? Feels weak compared right. to everyone else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that that happens too. Some people feel that way when. Um, well, I'll give you an example. We do uh, science experiments at school, and some kids can't handle certain smells or certain sights or certain you right. know mm-hmm. things when mm-hmm. the, you know, stuff that they do in biology class. Right. So yeah, they they feel bad about that or whatever, but it's it's whatever. And it, it so he yeah definitely feels weird and odd. And um, he why didn't he tell Neville not to say anything? Dagon Neville goes out of there and is like, "Guys, oh, Harry Potter passed out. Like, what? <laughs> what is he I doing? Know, Where's the loyalty, bro? I mean, because the guy, I, know. I don't know. I, I guarantee he was telling somebody else that he trusted, but then Draco happens to. I, I don't it think you, he went right away no. to Malfoy and no. told him. But interesting, really quick, 
because we were like wondering if the, the mentors entered other compartments and we learn actually in the next chapter george weasley was like that little git he said calmly he wasn't so cocky last night when the dementors were down at our end of the train came running into our compartment didn't he fred nearly wet himself said fred with a contemptuous glance at malfoy wow I wasn't too happy myself, said George, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so Malfoy was, was running. scared and he was running away. So yeah. he's clearly someone who just tr- tries to take attention away from his own f- defaults or his own weakness yeah. by uh, pointing out other people's weaknesses. Yeah, projecting a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. 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 Because what did Malfoy see? I mean, there's probably some scary stuff that Malfoy, Draco Malfoy has seen in his childhood. Yeah. I wonder what that would be. See, I I think like a lot of the bravado that he and his father have when they go out into public is is one thing. But I don't know. He seems to have like his his mother loves him. I don't know. I I just kind of wonder. I think he suffers from a little bit of lack of at least the the father showing love for him. Yeah. I wonder, yeah. like, just not in a way that a child would wish to be loved. Right, because I, I feel like when he would, boy, you, we could do a whole Draco Malfoy episode. Oh, a whole analysis? Good yes. Lord. He, he grows up and is, is, like, trying to figure, like, that's not how he's going to parent. I, th- I feel like he's... No, yeah, we learn. We actually learn about in Cursed Child how Still got to read it. <laughs> we will, eventually. Real quick, though, if you think about it, when, so Harry and Draco are the same age, right? So mm-hmm. if... Harry is one year old. Draco's one year old. So his first year of life, his parents are still serving under Voldemort. Voldemort is still in power, mm. has power, mm. right? Yeah. So yeah. he, pro- I mean, has he met Voldemort when he was a baby? Whoa. Whoa. You know? Was his father afraid? Did things happen like they did last time? Yeah. Is Lucius almost maybe happy that that Oh that, yeah, for sure. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It, oh yeah, I think so. Because I like, think he's afraid. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think you you want to play with fire for a second until you get burned. Yeah. And then you're like, whoa, hold on, this thing's dangerous. I don't want anything to do with this. I think same thing with Snape. Mm-hmm. Those guys got involved with a when they bad, were really young, too. dark, yeah, wizard. Yeah. yeah. Some of the other ones, they themselves seem to be darker if you will or or into the dark arts more yeah and they seem to be uh more evil i'll just say it like that whereas mm-hmm. it, it's it's like they want the the show the power the influence the the nobility they want whatever like like lucius doesn't seem that bad he seems more braggadocious and he yeah. just seems yeah so then yeah to think that he was as scared as he was as we see him in deathly hallows mm-hmm. right if he was that scared uh, we see later on yeah earlier on i don't know and people might argue like no he was more in his good graces etc but uh, i don't know yeah just not sure about it's it it's just wild to think about it mm-hmm. yeah so again they didn't talk much uh the whole way through there uh it's freezing on the tiny platform once they finally get into the hogsmeade station uh so we get a, just a few things you get yeah. some the, I, I love that they you throw in the details of of the owls hooted the cows meowed neville's pet toad <laughs> croaked loudly from under his hat so they finally get there to the station and, and, and off they go. And as they get ready to travel, an interesting thing comes up. It's the coaches. Yes, right? that's, a cool, that's cool. This yeah, part. Th- first time we see the coaches. First time we see them and you're, they're, they're led by an invisible horse. Horse thing. Or something. Yeah, something. Right? We don't know yet. Something is, <laughs> is pulling the carriage and we don't know what it is. And so I love that that detail is there. Right. And then later on, um, we'll learn more about we'll learn more about that. Yeah. Right, and I just feel like there's these breadcrumbs 
that are laid in early in the book that you're rewarded later on mm-hmm. for paying attention to those details or missing them and then going back and reread and saying, oh my God, yeah, there, there it is. is. <laughs> you know? uh, but it's a little confusing to me. We all feel like it was a mistake on her side that Harry couldn't see Thestral's hand because just a couple minutes ago or a couple pages ago, he saw his mother's death again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he can't see the Thestral. I don't know if he, she hadn't developed the theory fully yet or, or the, the fact that you can see them once you saw death or if she actually thought about, no, he's a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His mind couldn't process what was happening at the time yet. Yeah. That, therefore, he can't see him. Yeah. That actually makes a lot of sense, though. To I me mean, too. it's just like there's, okay, an, there's yeah. an impression uh, that he was, he, was, he was more affected with the two souls and Dementors, but yet hadn't been older and really had that death impact, uh, impact in a different way. Right. You know, they both are very impactful, but it's like you are old enough to understand it and recognize yeah. what happened. happened yeah. Right. He learns about that later on, the car crash, if you will, from car crash, <laughs> James and Lily. No. Uh, and, and so... Kind of grows up and develops and figures it out. It's just, it's also weird when we're young, like trying. I always think of my my nephew right now and like how much is he going to remember? Yeah. And then you know just just images and, and impressions mm-hmm. and stuff, right? So yeah. I think as we all think back, we're like, wow, it's kind of. And, and the further we get away from it, I remember when I was little, I used to think back and go, man, I can still remember a couple a couple things. I was like, you know, nine, ten years old. And I remember, yeah. I remember telling myself like, I remember those days. But then, yeah, now I'm yeah. like, I just remember remembering <laughs> those days. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah. Holy, now I'm, you know, jeez, I'm, I'm gonna get to a point where somebody's gonna have to tell me you once remembered those days. So, <laughs> I anyway. know. But I feel like it had more of an impression on baby Harry, Harry that his mother was so afraid. And then the next thing he knows, not really, I feel like he passes out once Voldemort casts a spell on him and it rebounds. I don't think Harry was then awake after. I think the exhaustion and the fact that a soul, another part of his soul entered his mind and yeah. everything. I think he just passed out as a baby. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why I think the last thing he really saw was his mother screaming. Yeah. And not... The fact that yeah can i can i can i say something just mm-hmm. totally off topic but as since we're talking about that because we're going to drive to the chocolate and madame pomfrey and all those good things here Give but me the chocolate when before we get How to the come chocolate we don't have chocolate here's the, here's the, the chocolate. Uh, what <laughs> sorry <laughs> like, i tried to get chocolate <laughs> i legitimately tried to get us chocolate <laughs> multiple times to. and you were like nine. nine you were like i don't think so we're getting chocolate after this. This is crazy. <laughs> anyway, so um, think back though when, because you were asking about like Harry's ex- uh, like exhaustion as a child, yeah, crying. His mother just uh, this is horrible to think about. It's terrible yeah. the, and, because I love my niece and nephew and, and, and anybody who has babies and little children. Like some of my colleagues brought their kids into work and I was like, oh my gosh, I just there. Yeah. Maybe I got the baby fever. I don't know, but I'm just <laughs> like you know they're so innocent. They're so. Yeah pure and everything it's it's just it's crazy to think about that but what they did in the film that just shocked me was when Snape goes up and is hugging and holding Lily they don't show you anything else and I understand that it's meant to like he only loved Lily right but I I'm just gonna say this I, I I don't I don't think I I would love to have had even just a tender moment where Harry maybe was like they're both crying in that moment in the film and then Harry, like you said, does sort of just eventually lays down and just cry, cries himself to sleep. And Snape 
pulls something, some just a blanket, just covers him with a little blanket and leaves. I mean, something just like that, you know. And then you're like, okay, Snape will never say it because that's James. That's James Potter's son. But at the same time, that's Lily's Potter's son. Absolutely. And and I think they both were, you know, sharing that that horrible. So I know people would disagree with that. You know, Snape Snape is because there's people who love and or hate Snape. And but I like to root and think that he there was more there that was just never really revealed. Even Petunia, who seemed to hate. Harry almost as much as Snape. Uh huh. Yeah. She actually didn't because she kept his little baby blanket. Right. Right. We figure that out later. Broken people dealing with a, with a lot of yes. crazy stuff. I mean, and that's it's not yeah. excusable, and people have got to learn, and they've got to they've got to step I up. I love that but headcanon. Yeah, it's just wild. I mean, anyway. So there's that. Well, now we need some chocolate. Okay. I know. <laughs> We're down in the dumps. Let's erase that. If you're sitting, pause this right now. If you're sitting out there, go get you a little bit of chocolate. Feel a little better and come on back, and I'll be your excuse today as to why you just had a load of chocolate, or, or even like he sees him crying and cast a little spell that makes him feel calm, oh something like that, and gosh. then he just leaves. He doesn't, you know, I don't care. I got to leave, but oh, one man. thing to make, I mean, you know, that part of Lily that's in Harry that he just undeniably mm-hmm. somehow loves. Yeah, 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 yeah. So okay, um, I wasn't expecting <clears throat> that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> as as he gets as they, well, they finally get to Hogwarts, right? And so let's get to this. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been they've been notified that the Dementors came in there. Potter passed out. Uh-huh. The rumors running wild. Uh, Madame Pomfrey is summoned. Harry says, "I'm fine. I'm good. I don't need anything." Oh yeah. On top of his already embarrassing moment, now. Yes. They get the nurse. Yeah. Oh. And it's like, now everyone knows. There's she. <laughs> Thanks, Neville. I mean. It's like yesterday. Sorry. It's like, uh, for, wait, no, today's Friday. Yesterday, th- Thursday. Yeah. I was uh, subbing at a school and we had a uh, pep rally. It was a middle school. And yeah. then there was really between, they did like huge games. All the kids were on fire. It was super loud. And then between two of the games, um, the teacher who was, you know, like leading all this, she was like, ah, sorry, the interruption, but well, Johnny's mom is here to pick you up, Johnny. So come on, come on over. Get on out of here, <laughs> and Johnny. the whole gym went silent. And I mean, you should, you should have seen Johnny's face oh. was on fire. Everyone now knew his mom is there to pick him up. Oh my poor Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. So I mean, Harry probably felt the same. They they called the nurse because of this, and he's like, "Oh right. my god, that's ridiculous." So yeah, I feel fine. Yeah, but oh it makes god. you feel like they do. Sorry, they they yeah. do. They they can have a more dangerous. I don't know impact on on people. Something could have. Why would they? I mean, yeah. really, McGonagall insists that Harry would see Madame Pomfrey. Yeah, well, okay. exactly. I mean, you want to check him over because he's passed out. There's other things that can have. They're dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're dangerous and not to be trifled with. So, mm-hmm. uh, Madame Pomfrey though is yeah looking ex- examining him etc. And uh, they're exchanging this dark look, talking about the Dementor, mm-hmm. all these different things. And she is impressed though that we finally have a defense against the dark arts teacher that yes. knows his stuff that has that carries around chocolate in his pocket. Bless him, <laughs> right? Uh, so boom, just cracking off a piece of that chocolate. And I remember in that moment, right when Lupin goes away and comes back, and he was like, "Eat," right? They did that really well in the movie too, because yep. he's just like, "It'll help." And and it definitely they they didn't buy it at first. It's like it's not poison, right? right. Go ahead and eat it, and it's going to help. Mm-hmm. And instantly the warmth 
yeah. is, is going through him. And so he says to yes. uh, Pomfrey, I've, hey, I've already had some, right? I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Let me go. Yeah. So he seems to be responding well, and he's, he's ultimately let go, and, the, and they'll continue on. But as, as we do, as what becomes norm for the rest of the series, we miss the sorting ceremony. Come on. Again, yeah. <laughs> I hope in the TV show we get more of these other names and, and other individuals who are sorted. I, was I say, mean, it's, it's a probably, lot. It's, it's probably lot. exhausting to write all the names. you want, to, And then you want to have some kind of connection maybe to right. something. And then they all have to have a house. And Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it a just, lot. But let's get a team together yeah. and start working on that, okay? Yeah. So go ahead and throw my name in there. Sorted. Hufflepuff, all right? Like, I'm willing to be a part of yeah. it. Okay, uh, but yeah, new students were sorted into the houses and all that is is good to go. Professor McGonagall strode off toward her empty seat at the staff table. Harry and Hermione set off in the other direction as quietly as possible. So they're going in, um, talking about, and then Ron's asking about what's what's going on, what has happened, and he said that he'll explain later. Uh, on a happier note, so I think Dumbledore goes on a bit about Dementors, right? And he talks yeah. a little bit about them being searched them. and what's mm-hmm. ha- how dangerous they are and all of those things, and we're like, okay, wow. Dumbledore, we, we heard he doesn't like them being there. He's not a fan of this. I think it's been up to it's been up for debate in the wizarding world, like should Dementors be used? And we'll find out later that Kingsley Shacklebolt, once this whole series is over, uh, he will ultimately decide, yeah, Dementors are done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're not yeah. using them anymore and we're not gonna affiliate with them because mm-hmm. they just, you know, turned over Voldemort said, I can I can give you a better deal. And yep. they let a bunch of Death Eaters break out. So it's up yeah, with that. Not cool. Yeah, not cool. I wish I wish Dumbledore would have at the end there just just got a few, just whooped up his wand and just you know had, had it out with know. a few of them. But there's tons. I have tons of theories by the way coming on Dementors and like Dementors kiss and Horcruxes and what can destroy Dementor? Can it be destroyed? Yeah. Um. There's those sort of primordial uh, beings like like a, like a um the Dementor Bogart and I forget the other one that I was looking up the three. Uh, what is it? I have to think about it. But anyway, uh, yeah, like what are these beings? How are right. the poltergeist? Sorry. Uh, it is yes. yep. 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 Peeves, right? Peeves. Mm-hmm. So what do they represent? And then can they be killed, destroyed? Who can right. kind of, can, who can corral them? How do you corral them? How do you contain them? Uh, how do they not just take over the world sort of thing? I right? mean, the Bogart kind of explodes in uh, two chapters from now when they fight the Bogart in the wardrobe. Mm-hmm. After they all had, I mean, Neville kind of ends it, yeah, and it explodes. What happens? Does it just go to? I mean, does it rematerialize somewhere else and goes on its business? Oh, really? I don't remember because I know you know it, it, the way they make it appear in the film is that mm-hmm. it goes back in the in the cupboard, and, like it's, it's, it's true. It's yeah. on that. No, in the book it explodes. It, like, wow, because mm-hmm. he's got the he's got it sort of. Uh, almost like chalk, like what I don't know what you call those things. Um, some of you who are into witchcraft speak up right now, okay? Those <laughs> things that they actually draw on the floor, and he's got the he's got it contained inside of some oh yeah yeah like some rune mark yes. or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Ancient ru- ancient runes. Yeah, we don't know. We don't, we don't. Okay, look, we like this series, but <laughs> we haven't actually tried to cast it. Here, any. I even put a note in there because oh. we're recording this chapter basically tomorrow oh yeah um, special have a, guest yeah. yeah surprise we have a big surprise waiting um because it's a very special chapter to us right but here just a real quick um note on that so neville it's neville's turn again he's like ha of laugh uh he's sorry he's let, he lets out a great ha of laughter and the bogard exploded burst into a thousand tiny wisps of smoke and was gone 
Did he destroy it? <laughs> I don't know. Holy. That was my question. That's cricket. Did the bogard just die? <laughs> That's my here. Wait a second. What? I've been reading all these things that are like, you can't kill these things. Like they're, yeah, they're not whatever. No, 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 and, Neville can. Whoa. But I mean. Neville's name should have been down in that book pronto. I know, I know, okay. I know. Neville is a powerful wizard. Yeah. I have a whole series I'm going to be doing on Neville because I I absolutely love yeah. Neville Longbottom and his story. So, uh, two more things. Two more yes. things, and then we're done. We'll wrap up here. On a happier note, uh, as we continue on here, we're going to introduce the next professor, Defense Against the Dark Arts, Professor yes. R.J. Lupin. Uh-huh. And we see, again, every year there's a reason why Snape is snarling or looking nasty mm-hmm. or whatever. And this year it's really just because he doesn't like Lupin in general. Mm-hmm. It's not about the Defense Against the Dark Arts position. It's because he's a marauder. It's he's a marauder, and he's friends with James he Potter and Sirius uh, he- and... You, you know. know what? I doubt, though, that um, Remus ever bullied Snape no. himself. No, I think he was only part of that group, and James and Sirius were the leaders. And Yeah, yeah. I think Lupin probably felt bad for Snape. I think he had more sense, yeah. quite honestly. Yeah. I think he was more mature than them because yeah. he was dealing with more more things. They they enjoyed, they become um, animagi, right, to, right. To, be con- to stay friends with him and stuff. But yeah, he had, a, he had, a, he had it rough. Yeah. And he was way more mature and they do mature later on. But there's this phase in this time period where they really are are mean and abusive to Snape. And he yeah. won't forget that and doesn't forgive it. Yes. So because there was probably no apology down the line that said, hey, sorry, no. I know I picked on you. I mean, think back on on those. I, I was picked on in middle school and then phew, grew like eight inches and people were like, all right, <laughs> never mind. Okay, hold on a sec. Yeah. Uh, I'm just kidding. People were like, I'm, I'm the friendliest guy in the world. I would never. But uh, but I did flex here and there in case somebody was going to come over and call me names again. Uh, and that happens in middle school. Everybody's growing and developing. Yeah. Voices are changing. And <laughs> what's that stuff's happening, you know? Right. And kids pick on each other. And then you kind of forget. And you don't really think to go back and apologize. You're like, whatever, yeah. we're good. Like, yeah. That bothered you that much? You know, you don't really realize how much that yeah. affected uh, some, some people. And that is the case. I mean, there are some people that do just need... It's not an excuse or whatever, and once you find out about it, the apology should have been made yeah. by James and others. I mean, that flat out. So, oh yeah, yeah. there's For more. Sure. There's more to be said there because Snape, you know, kind of blows up on Lily at one point. But anyway, um, so yeah, we we get introduced to him, and then the second new appointment. The best thing about all of this is we have our new care of magical creatures teacher. Let's go. Yeah. And can I say something about it? Yes. We also get this little mini tiny line. That, um, mm-hmm, where he says, well, I am sorry to tell you that Professor Kettleburn, mm-hmm. our care of medical creatures teacher, retired. So now he announces the new teacher, Hagrid. But right. Kettleburn is a huge deal in the whole Hogwarts mystery uh, game. Yes. So we read a lot about that on the wiki because there's a lot of information about Fantastic Beasts. But it, it kind of draws the line all the way back to Fantastic Beasts because... He was someone who kind of befriended uh, Newt and helped him a little bit with his book and everything. Really? Kettleburn? Yes. Wow, I didn't know that. Because he was, he definitely was professor, he became professor of Care of Magical Creatures at Hogwarts under Headmaster Armando Dippet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it says at some point during the early to mid-1920s or earlier, he met and befriended the famous magi-zoologist Newton Scamander, whom he helped with his best-selling book, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, by providing some of the information it contained about chimeras. 
Wow. Or chimeras. Chimera. That's you, okay. Yes. So CHs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> How do they go? Uh, yeah. So that's really cool. Okay. Interesting. You didn't know there was a connection back to old Newt's Commander. Big name. Yeah. That's Cattle a big burn. name. Yeah. Big name drop. And it is cool. Just little things like that, that you just throw a name out there. Who was the, who was the born before? Yeah. Right. You have to acknowledge that. And there are students that cared about that, that teacher about Professor Kettleburn. It's a little yeah. thing, but that little tiny attention to detail and, and your, the way in which JK Rowling uses words or or you don't have you don't have to elaborate a whole lot you just need one no. a, a nice concise sort of line we're introducing hagrid acknowledging this other professor yeah. and ba-boom and we you can just hit, get curious about you get exactly yeah. it yeah. stirs up all this curiosity <laughs> and it builds the world a little bit because we're coming in from a limited sort of just harry potter's right. uh, you know you. vantage yeah. point right exactly i mean so. percy probably had kettleburn the, the twins had kettleburn yes. last year yeah. yeah right could tell stories etc yeah. so yeah, and that's really about it. So that the, uh, after that, we'll kind of wrap up and head back upstairs, right. and we'll learn the password to the Gryffindor common room, Fortuna Major, right? Mm-hmm. So make sure, hey, never, don't forget. Neville's already discouraged. He's already upset about it, but so we'll go up there and we'll wrap it up. Um, it's been <laughs> been quite a bit. Everything from blowing up your aunt. I mean, it really, this one starts yeah. off. It, it, it's a bang. I mean, it's an absolute bang because. <laughs> It's nuts. There's all the things that he goes through, getting the leaky cauldron, all the things that are, that are seen. It's so different. It's not this long. It's not a. I don't know. There's there's the Dursley stuff is is explosive. Yes. And then he's running away, and he's getting more defiant, and there's more magical aspects. The night bus was in there. Night bus was crazy, and so it's just building, 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 building. We've got a very interesting yeah. Professor Lupin now. Right. Right. So. It's it's great. I think I understand why people love Prisoner of Azkaban. Yes, so me too. much because it really, just takes it's, off. It's that first book where I don't remember all these little details, like they enter the coaches for the first time and see or not see the Thestrals and mm-hmm. just how things are a little different from the movie. And I cannot wait to get more into this book and. Yeah, just especially the whole time turner thing and everything that's going down. I mean, you can all already see this first week we're going to the next two chapters are all about school and going to classes and we'll see this uh weird thing going on where Ron's always like, uh, "Hermione, where did you go?" or "How's your timetable so full?" It doesn't that can't work out. Yeah, also so, he's keeping tabs I know. Isn't he, right? <laughs> no. Yeah. No, Harry so. doesn't wonder about this kind of stuff. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, hey, also, as we go into Outpost here, and I want to mention this real quick, so uh, mm-hmm. Jack hit us up again. Oh, really? I yes. Oh, I missed that. I, uh, hey, you better be managing your mischief, all right? You better be oh. getting after this. So, uh, Jack, thank you so much for, for reaching out. So here we go from Jack. Um, I second what Fleur said at the start of the most recent podcast. Ez and Lottie have been producing awesome shorts and podcast episodes. Really enjoying uh, reading through Harry Potter with you two. Hoping you have a nice end to the school year. Mischief managed. P.S. Kung Fu Panda is an awesome <laughs> movie. Wow. Um, huh. Yeah. So let's go. Thanks so much, man. Just good to hear from people from you know here and there. We're gonna have some uh, of our our guests sort of in our um, patron hangout. So we're doing that. We've got a couple couple butter beers we're, we're brewing up here and then we're gonna be <laughs> hanging hanging up with them uh i i'm really hoping that lottie will let me go get some ice cream or get some chocolate here after this you guys heard that here treat. live on the episode that we were denied that and it where there was a purpose it was connected to the chapter and i'm sorry we didn't have it for your for your ears this episode but 
we'll make amends. Yeah. Anyway, so Jack, thank you so much. That was that's really cool. Friends, thank feel free to, to send us anything, short comments here and there, theories, what have you. Uh, we're getting after it. I'm really hoping that as the podcast grows or the YouTube grows, that we'll do some more live stuff. We'll do some more. Um, now that we're in summer vacay, we can actually get on and, and game a little bit or just do some hangouts with you guys. Yeah. So if you're if you're ever on or we go live or whatever, feel free to pop in there and announce yourself, say hello, and we'll get after it. But then down the line, once the TV show comes out, we'll be doing live watch episodes and all that kind of stuff. Like yes. That's years away, but I'm, sure. I'm telling you right now, uh, we have a special connection to Harry Potter. It is our you know, one of our love languages. So we just can't live without it. It's home, right? So, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that is it. We're going to wrap this up. We do have some fun surprises for you guys coming up in the next few episodes. Uh, We have some fun Harry Potter hangouts that are going to be coming your way. So be be on the lookout for all that, all that goodness. Anything else? Did I miss anything? I don't think so. I think uh, we did a pretty good job. <laughs> no, oh, okay. Handled those mentors pretty well, didn't we? Get on that. Expecto Patronum. Expecto Patronum. You know I messed it up on purpose, right? Lottie thinks that I don't know how to say Expecto Patronum. Oh, I'm like Benny when he laughs about you, your your um, practice swing. Oh, my practice swing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everyone. Tell a story real quick? Yeah, so... Out in the on the field the other day, just like taking a swing at, at they, Rachel, my niece, wanted me to hit a golf ball and we were going to tee it up and go crazy. So you tee that bad boy up, and I'm like, I'm taking a practice swing here. It's been a couple years since I've swung this thing, and I I mean I peppered it. Absolutely had a big golf outing with up talking Tolkien. Uh, we have some stuff going down. By the way, check out our Lord of the Rings podcast, uh, Lane and I, and check out. By the way, if you're interested, because some folks might not know that we have this project uh, further up, our Narnia podcast oh, with Lane right. and Sarah. Yeah. You can hear Lottie on there. We have really long, deep in detailed funny crazy story emotional conversation emotional yeah. but also there's a lot of good laughs on yes there. just friends hanging out yeah. and talking about narnia right uh anyway so back to the story uh benny is sitting there and i'm taking my practice swing. he's like three and a half and i take my That's practice adorable. swing and he it was a knee slapper for him he like slaps his knee <laughs> laughing that was so funny he can't believe that he his thought uncle you Ia, actually missed he thought i missed it and i he did and i think i even took a second one and he just sort of chuckled he's like he can't hit it even rachel was laughing because she wasn't sure if you actually missed or if yeah that was, i know, know. that the kids aren't used to like you taking a war i didn't announce it or whatever yeah no so then when my dad comes over and he's gonna he's gonna hit one i know what he's gonna do practice yeah. swing and i told dad about that I was like, he just laughed out <laughs> loud when I missed that. So then later on, dad's like, you, you know, Benny, you want me to hit one? They love their pat ball. And so he, he gets the ball out there. He's got his iron out and he takes his practice swing. And I mean, Benny almost fell over, over laughing. I, I was like, oh my goodness. Because he, th- he sees a swing and a miss, oh, right? No. Swing and a miss. You <laughs> missed it, pat ball. Yeah. It was hilarious. So great. kids laughter is great. I don't know how we got into that, but uh, let's get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, friends, hey, we 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 can't thank you enough. You guys are wonderful. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Shell Cows Radio 94.7 COZY. We hope you'll join us in the future. We do thoroughly, and we mean this because we're doing it tonight. Thoroughly enjoy hanging out and meeting new positive Potter people that don't behave like babbling, bumbling bands of baboons. Ba-boons. Although I might, if I keep this up, be behaving like a baboon tonight. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, if you don't want to miss out on the next episode, then be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review and follow over on social media at Fleur and Bill. If you truly enjoy our content, consider supporting our growing wizarding family on Patreon or Apple Premium. You'll find all the links down below. Thank you so much to all our current patrons. We appreciate you to Luna and back.
On our next reread episode, we will continue our journey through Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban with Chapter 6, Talons and Tea Leaves. So make sure you tune back in next time. And until then, have a wonderful rest of your week. Thanks for joining us in our Shell Cottage today. We know it's not much, but it's home. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Shell Cottage Radio. I can't even say our, the name of our podcast. Shell Cottage Radio. That's our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Hello, friends. <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> this is never going to be happening in two hours. Come on. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Shell Hey, I, I already have a good hello, friends. I'm just going to start with welcome back. Okay. At last, the professor wakes up. 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 Knox.